Welcome to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Khan, and of course, I am a man on a mission here to transform you into a modern day warrior, a man of action. That's right, a man who steps up come hell and high water. My brothers, welcome back. First and foremost, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys really took this new book to an entirely different level. Right now, it's a national bestseller. Uh, so thank you so much. We're going to be putting that on audio pretty soon. Right now it's on Kindle, hardback, and softcover. Still a bestseller um, because of you. So thank you so much um, for that. So if you're not following us on social media, do me a favor, do it. Okay, we're out there pushing content, bringing you some great uh, content pretty much all over the place, man. Look, we have the youtube.com forward slash man of war YouTube channel. Look us up. Also on Man of War, M-A-N-O-F-W-A-R-R, and of course, TikTok, we're at Rafa J. Conde. That's my personal site, but I'm posting a lot about the Crucible there and some great content also. Um, so if you can check us out there, it will be great. Today's episode is something very near and dear to my heart. It's about really breaking down um, these school shootings and figuring out a better way, figuring out a way to save lives. That to me, you can't get any, any more important than that. So with that said, I want you guys to listen to the show intently. Um, and I think that you're going to get a lot out of it. I just finished recording it just a couple of minutes ago. And I can tell you that uh, Michael is a great dude. He has a lot of experience and he's going to shock you with some of the numbers that he's going to bring out here. Michael's an ex-Secret Service agent. He's uh, protected the ex-president Donald Trump. He's done a tremendous amount of work. Uh, in the protection side of the house, and he just recently retired. And more importantly, now he's the CEO and founder of Leatherback Gear. And the guy's just amazing, man. He's really a straight-up, squared-away guy that wants to help. And of course, there's nothing more important right now in our day and age than to protect our children in school from these school shootings. And we just can't have it anymore. All right, guys, I'll see you on the other side. Michael Digas, welcome to the Man of War podcast again for the second time, man. It's an honor to have you on, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me back. It's an honor for me. Awesome, man. So I want to dive into this. All right. First and foremost, for those who do, don't know who you are, can you just uh, give a quick intro? Yeah, of course. Uh, so today I'm a I'm an entrepreneur, marketeer guy that runs two companies, Leatherback Gear and Hero Beverage Company. But that's uh, springboarded off of my time spending doing uh, protection all over the world in the Secret Service, where I protected presidents to foreign dignitaries to people, places, and things everywhere. Awesome, man. So today you're an entrepreneur. What's the name of the company that you're 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 an entrepreneur and you you're a CEO of? So we run Leatherback Gear and yep. Hero Beverage Company. Specifically on the school shooting topic, Leatherback Gear is what we're doing. Awesome, man. Um, and I before, I'm going to give you a quick plug because um, those packs that you guys have are incredible. Um, definitely very unique. Uh, you guys out there that are listening to this, I would highly recommend that you go to um, check this guy out, Leatherback Gear. And yeah, I know and you guys have an Instagram and you have a website and all that. So um, you, you should be able to find leatherback gear pretty much everywhere on the internet. Uh, what I want to do here with you today, man, is this, all right. 
talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that is these school shootings. We have to stop them. We have to figure a way um, to stop this nonsense. And I think it all starts uh, from, from the ground up. I think this is something that we're going to have to maybe reverse engineer and start from the ground up. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, so funny conversation as far as the starting point, because Leatherback, it's not funny. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy situation that's occurring. But the reality, Rafa, is that a lot of these things occur in situations or facilities that are purported to be gun-free zones, for example, like a school. But that, that also comes with a problem in that they don't understand what safety and security is and what it takes to actually achieve that. And so I've actually, you and I haven't really talked about this and dove into this, but I actually have reverse engineered how to do this based on the Secret Service methodology of what we did in protection on a person in a facility. Um, and I've just been awarded a patent about this about two months ago. And so we're actually beta typing how to do all of this. And so that the lay person that isn't somebody like a me or a you would understand how this game works. Damn, that's powerful. So, yeah, we, we have some really neat stuff coming. Leatherback gear uh, is what I would say is, is it's a personal protection system. It's just a reactionary tool to a life-threatening problem. That life-threatening problem in this case with Leatherback just happens to be an active shooting situation. We equate it to a fire extinguisher in a fire. Like everybody knows how to use one. They all know where they are. Guaranteed, most people that know how to use one have never been in a fire, and yet I don't know about you, brother, but me being burned alive right up there was about one of the worst things I can imagine. <laughs> Without a doubt. are a little different. We can, we can stop the hemorrhaging and the bleeding, but in a fire, you know, your lungs incinerate, your skin melts away. All that, I'm not interested in that conversation. The next level of that, we just were awarded the patent on how to do that. And I'm, I'm working through that. And I'm, I'm jumping back into the fight on coming up for air to let everybody know that there is an answer out there. Because I think what you're going to see, Rafa, is that they just awarded all this government money for grants and proposals and all this stuff on school stuff now after Uvalde. There's just a lot of crap that you don't need to be buying. You don't need to be wasting your time on. You know, a, a bulletproof desk doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, it just doesn't. It, listen, 100%. And as you know, I've, I've, I've studied these school shootings in, in and out. I've written articles. And yeah. really... Uh, got to a level at some point where it's trying to reverse engineer this and to really come up with a system to teach something that can be done. Now, let's talk about this, man, because this is, to me, it's confusing. It doesn't even make sense. But a lot of these schools, you know, they're teaching kids to basically, they want to house them up like hard, like literally sardines in a classroom, and then use some type of tactical movement towards the front of the classroom like that's going to make a fucking difference um ludicrous you know and and to me i don't even understand that when i talk to my kids about that it just what they're teaching them is just not good first and foremost i don't know what you think about this as far as these gunmen that are that are going, coming into the schools maybe back 10 or 15 years ago locking a door you know and and he continues to move um that's the strategy behind that. But nowadays, these guys all know, man, the, the locked doors, you know, that's where the money is. 
So these guys are kicking in yeah. doors and taking, I mean, this, this particular situation that just happened in Texas. I mean, this was like literally in one fucking classroom, you know, he walked in and it was, you know, disgusting. What are your thoughts on the, some of these tactics that are used in, in the name of protection, which I think are a bunch of shit. Yeah. So you and I are probably in agreement on this topic, but also you and I have very different training and backgrounds. So let me, let me back into the answer to your question here and, and give you my, my assessment of this. And so what I mean by that, law enforcement at a, at a police level, local, state, are very reactionary to a myriad of penal code crimes, things that are occurring in place, or it's already occurred and they got to figure out who did it. In the instance of an active shooting, you're taking street cops or law enforcement that's designed to show up to this at a point in time where it's already in motion. Nothing's ever precluded and prevented it from starting in the first place. It's already in motion. Mm -hmm. So our first problem now is one, the awareness and how, what's the proximity of law enforcement to it? And then the second problem is the time factor. So in that proximity piece, our time becomes very, very important and valuable. The third issue though is, is that local law enforcement with all due respect for the job they do, don't pivot and do protection. So in the world I came from with Secret Service, I would investigate crimes, I would do protection. We wore two hats. They were very symbiotic, but very, very different. Mm -hmm. So I'd go out and investigate uh, financial fraud cases, cyber crime. Again, Rafa, shit that's already happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not preventing it, I'm, I'm reacting to it. Sure. But then I'd turn my hat around and we'd go to work and protect the President of the United States, mm -hmm. candidates that are running for President of the United States, the Vice Presidents, the dignitaries, all that other stuff. And I got to outmaneuver you and think, how do I stop somebody from getting in here in the first place? And then I got to have the assets there. So we're reducing the proximity question and problem. I'm eliminating the time factor because we're already there and we know what to do. This is like what we do. So in a situation where a shooter goes into, let, let's just talk about Uvalde for a hot second here. That shooter was in there, and I've seen a myriad of reports again that show it was anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour before those guys actually breached and went in, despite the Border Patrol guy going in, despite a mom being handcuffed and taken away and then going on the side, breaking into the school, getting her kids out, despite yeah. uh, officers being standing there with ballistic shields, rifles, everything ready to go. Now, now we're down to the other point, Rafa, which is where the fuck's the shooter? What's going sure. on in there? So law enforcement at that level reacts with intel that they know something's happened. The bank was robbed. This amount got out. We know what's happening. In this shooting stuff, these guys don't know all of that data. They don't know the answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's helpful. No, it, it, it makes sense. You know, it's... Um, a lot of law enforcement in general, especially when you're looking at, you know, responding to an active shooter, it's reactive. And to be completely frank, the training, sometimes it's just not at the highest of levels, you know, it's, and then you got guys pretty much, you know, it, it becomes a scramble. I've had, I've been twice uh, in a situation where I've had to enter a school where there's been an active shooter in both cases, you know, they, this shooter was detained before he caused any damage. You know, it was a, it was a kid with a gun in school and, but it's still the same way, you know, entry, get in, you know, by the time you put your, your plate on and you're moving, you're doing everything you can, you're quick to get there. 
both times I went in um, without even a thought, you know, just moving forward. There was no really like waiting for backup or anything. We were always taught, you know, first on scene, first move. But what I'm seeing more and more out of these incidents is that mentality is not there. You know, officers that are getting to the scene are just kind of dicking around and not getting to, you know, to the guy that's inside doing, causing the damage. Yeah. So yeah, let's I think you're hitting on a couple issues though, man. Like that, that's an issue of training one and two police work in general today has just been punched in the face. I mean, how many of these guys want to go hands-on with something? I'm not, I'm not justifying. I'm just after, you know, postulating and theorizing here sure. with all the, the negative stuff for law enforcement and the, the lack of, um, letting them do their job. If they make one wrong move, it's on camera and they're, they're toast. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yes, you know, with that angle, of course, but when it comes to kids and in, in, in a, in a situation like that, man, everything has to be balls to the wall. You just got to go in. It's not, I'm a thousand percent with you. You know, it's, it's like all that other stuff. You can put that on the, you know, to the side and it's time to, to do what you, you know, what you're meant to do. Now I will say this, um, we're talking about reactionary, um, situations here, but I want to go back and talk about some of the things that, you know, that you were talking about protection. I have an executive protection background. I, you know, did yep. Senator principles and, uh, all that, you know, going even before law enforcement. So I had an, a pretty good idea. I've worked with the department of defense and, uh, department of state and had the opportunity to work a couple of times with it, with the service, with secret service. But, I'll tell you what, one of the things that for me um, has been very important is exactly what you just said, that while cops are reactionary, we need to do something before the cops get there. Like something has to happen before the police get there. And to me, uh, and I studied Beslam and I studied a lot of the Israeli schools, first and foremost, the structure, the school structure itself. I have a big problem with housing these kids in a room, locking them in like sardines and just hoping for the best. In Israel, a good amount, and remember they have bombs and they're, you know, bomb shelters and all that. So it's a little bit different, but in Israel, what I studied back, this was back in the late eighties and then into the nineties. And they started to design classrooms that had multiple outlets, for example, one, you know, I think it was three or four classrooms that led into each other into an exit point. And then there was a stairway, you know, they all led into a stairway that went, you know, on an exit, you know, like an outside, uh, I don't know, it was like a little uh, bomb shelter type of thing. Mm -hmm. But what I'm thinking is, look, rather than do that, let's start knocking some walls down and putting doors that link classes together to an exit point so they can all move towards one destination, getting the fuck out of there. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't want my kids with an active shooter locked into a fucking classroom. I just, I don't feel like that is the safest. I don't feel that that is um, the place where these tactics I've I'm completely against those tactics. I don't think they function. I don't think they work, um, especially when you're asking kids to line up against the wall, the closest wall to the door. So if the bad guy comes in, you know, technically somehow or the teacher is going to try to push and redirect the gun and then the kids move out. Now, what are your thoughts on on that whole scrambled, scrambled eggs to the situation? Because I can't stand it. 
Yeah, that's a funny analogy and way to put it, dude. Scrambled egg is a great, great visual. Um, I'm going to do something that I haven't done yet before and talk about the patent I just got um, and what we're beta type prototyping right now to test, which I think is going to be the answer to the, the question you're asking me. Um, awesome. So I, I guess we're we're going to go ahead and talk about this, even though I hadn't planned on doing this just yet because it's it's not. I, I can't install it just yet. I'm working on trying to get a hold of where to do that in the state of Virginia. And I'd be happy to talk to somebody in the state of Texas, but I'm going to, I'm going to roll this out in a couple of schools for free to show that we're right. So let me, let me give you some examples. Awesome. Um, in a school environment, when a shooting happens, what's like, what comes to mind as to what, what could you describe that whole situation as? Frantic, crazy, like people just scared shitless and just, you know, they don't the really know what to do. Chaos is yeah. exactly where you're going. Know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm launching something that we call Be Ready that will harmonize the chaos, is how I phrase this. What does that mean? Well, we can do a lot of things in classrooms. You can go find off-the-shelf stuff. You can take trainings on active shooter response for teachers and schools from guys that haven't really been in the fight for protection before, that don't really understand the dynamics of how this stuff works. And before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I'll tell you how this originated. One of my kids was at a school. The teacher was a first grade teacher, very excited um, to talk to me about the active shooter training they had just gotten. I'm like, really? Lay it on me. What do you got? Well, we were all going through presentations, slides, all this other stuff. And at the end of it, they gave us all tennis balls mm-hmm. and said that when the shooter comes in with I don't remember it was a cap gun or something like that. Like it made gun noises. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted you to throw the tennis ball at the shooter. And so the tennis ball represented Rafa, a stapler, a tape dispenser, a chalkboard eraser, the friggin' apple on the teacher's desk, anything you can get, you throw at that shooter. And I'm looking at her like you're out of your mind, but okay, what happened? So, well, it actually worked really well. You know, we all threw the ball at him and he kind of got discombobulated and we all rushed him. Like, and you're supposed to show these kids this? Yeah. Like, have you ever heard the expression, bring a knife to a gunfight? Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck would you bring a tape dispenser to a gunfight? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm like, why would you bring a chalkboard eraser to a gunfight? I, I don't know. I'm like, I, I have no idea either. And whoever taught you that should be beat with a rubber hose, in my opinion. And it turned out, no doubt, no um, doubt. And this is not like I'm, I'm not naming names in, for a reason, but it was an off-duty police officer that got a contract to, to teach this. And I thought to myself, man, my kids are in somebody else's hands that have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So let me solve this. And so this was, I had already had Leatherback moving and grooving, but we went to the drawing board. How do we fix this problem? And so the problem lies in harmonizing chaos, Rafa, with technology, products, training, and connection here. So what are we going to do? It has, when's the last time a, uh, a police department, somebody went in and shot up a police department? Do you know? No, it doesn't happen often. I mean, I don't why think I've ever... Why the fuck does that not happen? Yeah. Yeah, why does that not happen? That's a question that I, I couldn't answer because I think that a lot of these departments are don't have the highest security, but I think it's psychological, something psychological there. That's exactly right. Somebody knows better than to go in there and do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yep. So now a school, like 
of the mass shootings and mass shootings, you know, if we go off the definition by the FBI, just for your listeners, a mass shooting is where four or more people have been killed. That's right. Or shot, right? So 97.8% of those mass shootings that we all hear and know about occur in what's called a gun-free zone, AKA a school, also a church, sometimes a hospital. Like they're, they're in soft targets, for, in my language, for mm-hmm. a guy like you and I. That's a very soft target. There's nobody yes. that's going to prevent you and stop you. There's not like a dozen cops in there that are armed, that have been trained to shoot, that are trained wearing body armor, that, all the stuff, right? It's like it's shooting fish in a barrel. So the first problem is we got to remove that and decide how do we tell people, don't fuck with this school. And the second thing you got to figure out is what's the product and service that we can put in here. So mm-hmm. let me give you a, an analogy and a story that explains what we're, we just got the patents on. I've got the prototype at, at my home and office where we're playing with, and I'm working through the tech piece right now with the team. And I'm trying to get a hold of somebody to roll this out this summer in some schools. So very simplistically, Rafa, if I put up an example on the board for you and said, we have five buildings on a classroom or on a school campus. And I just said, it's building A, B, C, D, and, and E for easy, easy analogy. Each one of those buildings has 10 classrooms. We got five on the left, five on the right, and every building has a, an entry door on the front and the back of that, that building for a hallway. Does mm-hmm. that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this just very simplistic so that we're all following since I'm not able to whiteboard this for you in front of you. So we got A1 on the left, A2 on the right, A3, A4, all the way down. And every building's the same. Through a geofence around that campus, you and I are teachers. I could wear a smartwatch, I could wear a Fitbit, any of that kind of stuff that can connect mm-hmm. to the tech side of our world. So yep. you and I show up to work that day as teachers. As soon as we're in the geofence, we're, we're at work. The system mm-hmm. recognizes you and I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Not only does it recognize you and I, but it's unique to you and I with our, our connection point of a smartwatch or a Fitbit or wh- whatever That's we right. want to That's use. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now in there, I've got what we call the gearbox in each classroom. And the gearbox is a three-step process. It's a, it's a product and technology integration thing. Each classroom is uniquely identifiable with a gearbox to each class and all, all five of our buildings. So we've got 50 of these in each classroom or in one classroom on all, all 50 of them. So let's play pretend for a second. You and I are, a, you're a one, I'm a two teacher. Somebody in your classroom decides, I want to screw with Rafa today. I'm going to take my textbook as he's up there teaching and slam it right behind him on the desk mm-hmm. and scare the shit out of him. What right. happens? Your heart rate spikes immediately, and the system recognizes that spike, but it's an isolated spike. You, as a human, auditorium visually, turn and look and go, oh, that's little Johnny just being a dick again. Huh, funny you kind of normalize yourself. You start to return to a normal baseline, right? There's nothing else happening. Okay. In a shooting environment, shooter comes into, let's building A. Let's just use building A. They walk in the double door. Immediately shots go off. What's going to happen here? You're going to spike. I'm going to spike. The teacher in three and four are going to spike. The gearboxes are going to hear the decibel shots of the gunshots. They're going to ping. We've got what now? We've got multiple points of a problem that are triggering the system. And it's saying, 
there's been shots detected in building A between A1, 2, 3, and 4. So now what do we do? Simultaneously with that detection, Rafa, buildings B through E are alerted through those gearboxes. It talks just like an Amazon Alexa or a mm -hmm. Google Home device or a Siri sure. device, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it says shots have been detected in building A, secure and locked down. And it opens up and it goes to work. The teacher can follow the three steps. You're going to secure the door. You're going to cover with those kids with protection. Mm -hmm. And you're going to cover the line of sight in, inward and outward with what we do. Now let's get back to where the problem is. B, B through E are good. They're locking in. Building A has been notified as well. Mm -hmm. So now let's, I don't know, Sam is A10 as a teacher. Sam hears shots have been detected in building A. Mm -hmm. Go to work. Sam's like, what the fuck? Sticks their head in the hallway. Looks to the right at the door. There's nothing there. Looks down to the left. Holy shit. I see a white male, black hoodie, blue jeans, red sneakers, and a handgun. Comes in, slams that door, goes to work, starting to secure it. Sam can talk to the gearbox and say, oh my God, I just saw a white male, black hoodie, blue jeans, red sneakers, and a handgun. Or any part of that combination. But let's just assume mm -hmm. Sam can get all of that out. The box hears it, registers it. So now, simultaneously, Rafa, what's happening? The system had already notified the nearest law enforcement in case of emergency contact. So the superintendent's mm -hmm. notified, the school resource officer's notified, mm -hmm. the vice principal's notified. Anybody that needs to be notified has been notified. Law enforcement's inbound. Fire department's inbound with paramedics and rescue teams. Law enforcement shows up while all that shit's happening, right? On the app, they take command and control of that campus just like they would anyway, and try to establish a perimeter, try to harmonize the chaos and figure out where the fuck are we going, guys? Well, guess what, Rafa? With Be Ready and the app that I've got, what do we have? We have real-time, actionable intel with precision where the shots were first detected and where they continue to be detected, followed with, I got real-time data from the teacher of A10 on what the fuck I'm even looking for. A white male, black hoodie, blue jeans, red sneakers, handgun. So now, first on scene, right? Let's get back to that question where you're saying you're just going balls to the wall. I don't care who responded first from the department. I don't care if it's a school resource officer. They're on the app and connected, and I can push data to them, or I can rally the tactical unit right behind them. Mm -hmm. And so we're inbound with precision to contain that shooter. So let's go a step further. A, A5 through 10, all check in on the system. They're all green. They're all good to go, just like buildings B through E. Everybody is locked down and secure. So back to your, your point earlier about Israel, et cetera, is it good to have them move through classrooms and into safe rooms and all that? Yes and no. To me, that's an arguable, debatable point. And the reason I'll tell you why that's debatable for me is because that's more bodies moving, but I don't know where they are. I don't know who was in that classroom. The teacher should know. So if you're in building B, and you're nowhere near the shooter, I'd rather you lock in and check in on the system and tell me you're okay and stay fucking put until I tell you otherwise. Because I know where the problem is now, but I've never been able to define. I've never known where it is, right? So now I got law enforcement inbound. While that's happening, they contain the shooter. We can go to work through the app, Rafa, and say, building E, please follow the arrow of the teacher on the phone to the safe zone. And they start to single file these kids out just like they would in a fire drill. And they all rally out on the campus away from the problem because it's being contained. 
Now, back to building A, where we got one, two, three, four, and five, right? Now, I'm in command and control, and I come along, and I see uh, five checks in green, four checks in green, A1 and 2 have checked in green, but A3 is still showing red. Nobody's checked in. So I click on it, pop it up on my app, and I look on the phone, and I can, through the gearbox, now see into that classroom what's going on. So just for argument's sake, in the interest of time, shots were fired, everybody got doors secured, but as shots were fired, the teacher got hit in the leg of A3. Pure, simple example. But the door got secured. So the, the shooter's in that hallway, banging on right. doors, can't see inward, is trying to figure out what the hell to do because now they got law enforcement dealing with them, right? So mm -hmm. law enforcement's dealing with that. What happens? The teacher has a hole in them and is bleeding out which is typically why people die in these shootings. Nobody can stop that bleeding and triage the problem. It's not like a fire at all. It's a, it's a very different environment. So I have standing next to me, the paramedics. I'll call over, let's say Cliff. Cliff works with me, he's a paramedic. Cliff, come here. I pull it up and I'm talking and I see it's a fourth grade class. First kid I see, what's your name? My name's Tommy. Tommy, come over here to the box and listen to the sound of my voice, buddy. What's your buddy's name? Well, that's John. John, why don't you two come over here for a second? What's your teacher's name? Well, that's Mr. Smith. What happened? He got shot in the leg and he's bleeding and he's screaming. Okay, guys, I need you to do me a favor. One of you stay right next to this box. The other one, you see that red bag with a white cross on it? Yeah. Can mm -hmm. you grab that? And I'm going to have Cliff start talking to you for a minute. Okay, guys? Yeah. Cliff, take control of this. What happens now, Rafa? Cliff through technology can reach into that classroom and coach those kids how to apply the gauze and the pressure and stop the bleeding or at least triage it enough until our officers mm -hmm. have contained the problem and then Cliff mobilizes immediately. He knows where the problem's at for him now in a paramedic situation. And so we're back to proximity and time. How do you intelligently solve this problem? I, I think I figured it out, to be honest with you. Now I just got to prove it. Damn, that's uh, that's very very cool, man. There's a there's a lot to it, but I think it's you know giving it some thought and simplifying it. I think that it would be amazing just to have something where people could actually just know that hey, these are the steps, and this is, uh, and the fact that you know having that geofence, man, that that's makes a lot of sense. Um, Dude, I love the steps it. I, lo are there. I love the, the idea. box will talk to you. It'll, it'll help guide the teacher, the people in the classroom. Here's our three simple steps, secure, protect, and cover. I mean, it's, it's so basic on how you do this, but it's, it's not hard. And if you make it hard, nobody's going to figure it out, but wasting a hundred billion dollars on furniture that's bulletproof is to me ludicrous. Oh, that's, that's, I can back up what we're doing in the app with training programs, with real active shooter training people that are trained professionals with real paramedics that can teach stuff on how to minimize damage all through, all through this. And the craziest thing, Rafa, I've had this on the whiteboard. I've been in patent phase for a while. We just literally almost two months ago got the patents issued, mm -hmm. but I've tried to get this rolled out about two years ago with grant programs and funding in schools. Mm -hmm. And I've had people at state government levels to congressional people tell me this is the most well thought out, laid out plan for school safety, but there's no money for this. Well, yet they want to go spend seventy-five, a hundred million dollars on bullshit, bulletproof, you know, ballistic desks and and try to put panels on walls and things like that. That's just not going to work. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm. It I'm, makes somebody feel good, like mm -hmm. they're doing something, 
but you know, I, I don't pass laws. I don't write law legislation. There, there's a reason I don't even offer my opinion on that. I'm not, I'm not a guy that went to school for all of that crap that's been in that world. You want to figure out safety and protection and true, authentic, real security for these kids? Find a guy like me that's been there, done that. But I'm a, I'm a weird animal coming from the Secret Service because of an entrepreneurial background and marketeering and branding. I, I just tinker with shit. But then I do it through the lens of, does this apply and work? And can I market and brand this in a way that makes it all make sense? Like Leatherback's a great example. I started six and a half years ago. Everybody thought I was nuts. And then all of a sudden we look like Nostradamus as a brand when I can't even keep them in stock anymore. Wow. And I'm convinced I'm right on Be Ready. Awesome, man. Awesome. I'll support you for sure, man, all the way, whatever you need from me, because I got to tell you that um, anything to give, um, you know, students and teachers and personnel within the school grounds, some type of a higher probability of surviving an attack like that, man, I am all for it without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and it, that's powerful. Uh, tell me something as far as from a perspective of these school shootings and, and just the, the overall complexity of a school shooting, what are your thoughts on like the mental health side of the house, trying to find and red flag these individuals prior doing more research, having a little bit more of a, of a because crazy people like this are, man, they're, they're going through this pipeline and they're winding up in schools. And this is, seems to be more often than not, you know, what, what's your take on that? Man, that's a, that's a tough question. I, my take on it though, is that I think you're going to have a problem with people in uh, wanting to divulge from HIPAA regulations to the fourth amendment on unreasonable search and seizure that are going to be pre-targeted for something that hasn't occurred yet, right? So, I mean, this is back to the heart of law enforcement at the, at the patrol level and the local state level side of things. It, it only works in a reactionary capacity. But if I said to you, hey, I can take analytics and determine this person's going to be a shooter in six months, would you believe that? Or would people be in an uproar over that and say, you're taking away my rights and my freedoms and big brother overwatching? And I think it's going to be the latter where nobody's going to support that. But I do think there's a, there's a very clear correlation between um, psychiatric depression-type medications mm -hmm. and the scaling of shootings from when it originated with Prozac back in the day of what was it, like the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, look at when they started to, to scale. Shootings, like the year or two after that came on the market, they're, they're off the chart. I mean, you could get into an, you and I could do an entire podcast on this very topic and I could give you research on this that would be like, holy crap. But are we, are we going to get into a debate on, are we over medicating? And in that over medication stuff, is that what's causing this? I've heard the debate on it's, it's the, the, the violent video game type stuff and that's what's causing it. And I don't, I, I don't think it's either one by itself. But I think we have a big issue, and I certainly disagree with um, the, the quick Band-Aid approach of let's legislate more gun restrictions, because it's not, it's not a gun problem. I mean, I, I could, you and I both could go take a bat and beat the shit out of somebody. 
I could take my car and plow through an entire audience. I could yeah. take Without my hands. And, I mean, mm. the, the gun's arbitrary, right? It just, sure. I understand what its de- definition is, but and why people assume that. But it's also a lack of understanding gun safety and the responsibility of personal responsibility and accountability for weapons and guns and sporting and hunting and all the stuff that goes with this. But I'll give you an example. One of the crazy things, Rafa, um, I was shocked when I retired from the service and I had to turn my weapon and stuff in. I couldn't even buy my duty weapon. It was around five presidents, U.S. Mm -hmm. presidents with me throughout my career. I couldn't even buy it. Crazy. And I was shocked. And I asked them, I said, why? And they said, well, there was legislation passed um, that when you retire, they wanted less guns on the street, not more. So imagine a knuckle-dragging gunslinger like myself with that weapon glued to me from inception forward to the day I left. I can't even like make it an inert gun and put it in a shadow box on the wall. Think about that for a second. That's, that's not good. Yeah, that's... But that's how terrified people are of a gun that don't understand guns. Like, I have zero problem with guns, but I understand what a gun is and how to use it, and I've been trained with it, same as you. My kids all have the respect for guns and know how to use it. But they're taught by me to do that. Sure. But no, I think... No, no doubt about it. I, I don't think that we're going to legislate our way out of something when, when people that follow the rules follow the rules. I think we got to get more into a hard topic, which is what started your question of how do you determine when the scalability of medications and all that stuff or mental health issues correlates and connects on graphs and charts to a rise of active shootings. That's a fascinating question and a fascinating topic. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be, it, yeah, there, there's going to be uh, just like the NSA goes out there and does what mm-hmm. they, you know, they do. And, you know, they, they, they hear chatter from this, they hear chatter from that. We need to be kind of like in that level when it comes to, you know, mental health or people that are prone to do something, you know, fucked up like this. That's the bottom line. We need to be at a level where we have to be more proactive. Um, and yeah, it, there's going to be a fine line between rights and people complaining that that's going to, that's going to come. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the second that you label someone and say, this guy in six months is going to be an active shooter that, you know, that becomes difficult to swallow it. it that's going to be a, an entire different element that we're going to have to deal with and figure out how we can make it where, um, as, because there needs to be something there. Um, now I'm not a believer, uh, in, and I've never been a believer that just anyone could go buy a gun and without any type of training and just say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to have a gun and without any background. I just, I don't believe that. I think everyone that purchases a gun should have some type of background ran. And I think that, um, states should mandate that a gun owner, a responsible gun owner with a, with a concealed weapons permit should be you know, there should be some type of level of training that comes with that at the very least say, Hey, you know what, every couple of years, you got to go and and, and take a four hour course or every something like that. There's nothing like that anywhere. Even here in Florida. I mean, you you get your concealed weapons permit. That's a fucking joke. You shoot the gun once one round or two rounds, and then that's it. You never have to do anything. Right. 
Well, so right. I'm, I'm, you know, it, it, it's, it's to the point now where no one knows their, their arm from their elbow, from their ass, from, you know, and the way that they're doing the, these school, these active shooter responses and the way that the law enforcement is responding and the way that just the schools are managing and litigate the best thing that I spoke to a school board a couple of years ago, and they said that they were mitigating this type of risk by um, putting fences around the school. And I'm like, your fence is not going to hold an active shooter back. And they're like, yeah, it will. Well, about six months after that fence, they had multiple guys with guns in there. Um, even though they weren't attacking the school, they were actually running from a police chase. The guys just hopped over the fence and they were running inside the school. Sure. You know, and, and it's like at that point, they were like, oh, shit, this, this thing really is not going to work. But the mentality of people within the school boards and, 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 and that type of it, it's it's sad, man. It's sad. Well, here, here's the here's the issue, though. But to, to highlight, not to step on your outfit, but no, no, what's no. happening is those school boards are being sold a solution that they don't understand. And somebody comes in and says, hey, I, I can put in metal detectors and put up a fence around your property. You're good to go. And I've had people talk to me about metal detectors in schools, et cetera. Here's the here's the simplistic answer. Unless you're staffing that perimeter like it's a prison, meaning it's got to be secured 24 hours a day, seven days a week to control access through one point and one point only through those metal detectors, waste your time. Somebody leaves it for one minute, one second, 10 seconds to go grab water or a bathroom, and they don't have eyes on that anymore, it's no longer clean. You got to sweep the whole thing again. Because to your point, I, you and I are going to go do a shooting. I go through the metal detectors. I go to the fence. I meet you. Nobody's, nobody's watching anything. I'm like, hey, Rafa, I'm good. Or you throw the duffel bag over. You go around. You come through the metal detector clean. What what did we just stop? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah. And you wasted shit tons of money for mm-hmm. no reason other than you don't know what you're doing. And sad, somebody told man. you a, a bill of goods, it's garbage. Yep. That's very sad. All right, Michael, listen, man, you're you're one of those guys that I, will, I could sit here and chat over and over and over with because we there's so much to talk about. Where can people find Leatherback? And 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 before you go, I want you to to kind of just give me a gist of for for the people that don't know what, what it is and what that your company is all about. Yeah, sure. So Leatherbackgear.com, which is just like it sounds, Leatherbackgear.com, is uh, it's a multi-patented product that I came up with about six and a half years ago. Um, my older brother had been in an active shooting. He's law enforcement today, and he's one of a handful of guys that's actually resolved one in the world that resulted only in the shooter being taken out, not anybody else. Um, but out, off of that, and through my Secret Service time, it was how do we help people? And so I started to ideate some technology stuff around apps for active shooters. And unless you hit that app and the Iron Man suit jumped out, it was just a really cool way to dial 911. And I kept telling everybody that. And flash forward in the summer of 2016, I was at the time the lead for then candidate Donald Trump coming to LA in Orange County. And so I was building out the plan and then in charge of all that stuff. And the UCLA school shooting broke out that summer. And I was about two miles away from it, watched it all unfold, which is the same thing that we talked about. Police are there, they set up a perimeter and then they're trying to figure out where's everything at. So they go building by building and kids are funneling out. And um, 99.9% of them were wearing a backpack. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that that's actually how we 
solve the first part of this equation is I slip in protection for you into something you carry everywhere anyway. And so I went home, made the ugliest backpack you've ever seen in your life, but it kind of conveyed the message of separation. And then mm -hmm. flash forward, I've got four patents in the U.S. that cover how you separate any carrying device. I've got multiple international patents on it. But we've taken our, our specific style of backpacks, and there's four we offer for kids through adults. There's a tactical version. And it, in seconds, transforms into front and back protection, but allows you to keep all your stuff. And so if you're going to carry a, a laptop for the day, some textbooks, magazines, whatever, all that stuff will add stoppability. It's not a, a rating or a classification for stopping power. Mm -hmm. It's just an impact of stoppability, right? So we um, we offer those up online, and um, we get a ton of feedback. And, and what blew me away was I thought we'd be all over the first responder military crowd, and we get a ton of moms that buy product for kids that um, wow. I, I've talked to personally that are teary-eyed when – their kids were out of school that the shooting occurred and they thank us for what we do and they wish they would have had this prior to. Um, I've got people that were at Route 91, the shooting in Vegas. Uh, gal wouldn't leave her room for weeks. She was an 18-year-old girl that uh, was friends with uh, another uh, police officer, friend of ours. And so I sent my older brother there with a, with a backpack for her. Mom called, was mm -hmm. freaking out, didn't know what to do. And um, we gave her the backpack. And I, my brother spent an hour or two with her crying, talking about his experience. And Rafa, the next week, the mom was sending us texts, like pictures. They got her to go to SeaWorld with her wearing her backpack. She wouldn't leave the house for weeks, but it's like the Linus blanket now for her. She won't go anywhere without her backpacks. But again, like, hey, thank you so much for what you guys are doing because we didn't know what to do before. So that kind of stuff happens all the time with Leatherback. And it's, um, it's an interesting brand. I got a lot of flack for it when I first started it, but it, nobody had anything. There, there was nothing. And this at least was what I equate to the fire extinguisher because the million dollar question I ask everybody when they want to give me any crap about it is when's the last time a kid died in a school fire? And I, I think you and I may have talked about this at one point, but I don't know if you know the answer to that question, but I guarantee you most people have zero clue and they can't even think of it because it's been over 70 years. So, yeah. and that's, that's how effective it's gotten on training for using a personal reactionary tool called a fire extinguisher to have you mitigate that fire, help yourself and anybody around you for as long as you can until the fire department gets there. Cause they still come. It, they're not like, Hey, here you go. You're on your own. My contention was we can do the same thing in an active shooting. And it starts with the leatherback backpack. Then let guys like me and you get there. And that's the next evolution of it is be ready. We're adding and rolling out because now I can with precision relay the data out to guys like you or I Rafa that show up with precision and back to proximity and time and efficiency and rolling through here. Right, right. It's it's not a hard problem to solve. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a bummer that this is out here. It's, it's horrible what's going on for these kids. And the people that I see in here with the products and services they're trying to offer as a solution, like a metal detector, it is a waste of time. It, it, it's a waste of money. But they just don't understand what's going on. And having a single school resource officer sitting at a campus be responsible for that you're out of your mind. Yeah, they think that that's, well, like, I'm hoping now they're changing that mentality because it hasn't worked. The, the guy in Parkland, I mean, that poor guy, and it's not, I'm not going to armchair quarterback anybody, and you and I don't need to do that on, the, on, the, on this, but that guy, his answer was what? I didn't know where the shots were. Like, I didn't know where to go. 
So you got one guy responsible for that entire campus in Parkland. Kids are dying, and he has no clue where the shooter's at or what to do. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's... I'm going to fix that. Well, good, man. I'm Listen, I'm, like I said, I'm going to back you 100%. Uh, would love to talk to you more about this and stay connected, man, without a doubt. Um, where can people find uh, Leatherback Gear online? So you can go direct to us, leatherbackgear.com. Uh, Costco has one of our SKUs at Costco.com. And then we have some big brands like opticsplanet.com, uh, a few others that you can find. GovX carries us. Uh, awesome. You guys are on Instagram? We are Instagram, oh. Facebook. Perfect. So I'll put this all in the show notes. Very good. All right, man. Listen, it's been an honor to talk to you. A pleasure. I love talking to you, man. And, and this is a very powerful subject near and dear to my heart. And you're the man to talk to because you got a lot um, a lot of wisdom and I love what you're doing. I think you're going to be able to make a change in the way that uh, these active shooters are dealt and hopefully save some of these kids' lives without a doubt, man. Well, the second I get authorization to roll this out, brother, I'll, I'll ping you and um, love to have you come out and talk about it or whatever, but I'm, I'm definitely trying to get it rolled out through Virginia and Texas just because I live in Virginia and uh, obviously Texas just got crushed with Ubaldi. So, I'm um, with just trying you, to man. get to the right people. And I'm with you all the way, brother. Thank you for being on. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, bro.